And the more we find you, the more we love you. It's a wonderful, wonderful cycle you have implanted in our DNA as the body of Christ. So I ask, Father, that today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus would be lifted up. For you said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. You said, if you will seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And when you ask of me, you will have what you ask. And then you repeat it in the New Testament. That's amazing. Because Jesus said, in his prayer for us, Father, make them one. And then when, they, when we abide in the vine, and the vine abides, when we're, when we're attached... We can ask what we will, and we will have it. And so, Father, we have a lot to learn what that practically means in our life. But that doesn't change the truth of your word. It just means there's so much more for us. So I give you this morning, we give our lives to you, just again saying, here's today, take me and use me, show me, reveal to me, and draw me closer to your heart, in Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I'm a little undone again, I've been undone a lot lately. Because I don't want to be who I am and what I am in comparison to who I am to be and the destiny that's laid out for me. And I'm not missing it, but I'm not fully there yet. And in my journey, I continue to press in because I really didn't expect this. Because we have people who are suffering and dying, and we are powerless. But we're not powerless. So why are we powerless? We know that Jesus said that, that we have been given all authority. All authority of the name of Jesus Christ when we walk in him we have the authority so why are people tormented why are people in fear we are we are to be different we are to be separate and the Lord as I've sought him he keeps bringing me back to the fact that the more I love him the more I want him and the more I want him the more I seek him. And the more I seek him, the more I find him. It's not about who I am. It's about who God is in me. And I believe he really wants to encourage us because I know in my knower of knowing 
This house is a remnant now, and it will overflow. We say it, but we're not saying it because it's wishful thinking. We're declaring it because when you decree a thing, you will have it. And God's promises over this house have not come to pass yet. And God is never slow to fulfill his promises, and he is faithful to do what he said he would do. There is not a word that he has spoken that will fall to the wayside Isaiah 55, one of my favorite chapters. He made it for 300, and then he said we're going to have a school, so now we're going to have to build on. Because there is so much. There's a 25 radius that God said we can have. And I'm thinking, oh, God, every time I hear that, my heart goes, that's awesome, but is that all we get? Maybe somebody else is supposed to have the other surrounding area, so I don't want to be greedy. But I know that in my own heart, without a shadow of a doubt, that God has placed you here and me here for such a time as this. Because this is just the beginning. We haven't even hardly begun. We've hardly begun and yet we've been walking for a long time and learning and gaining. But because of in the, in the comparison to eternity... Where we've come to is still just a little bit to where we're going to end up. It's so amazing to me because a timeless God puts us into a timeless position that we don't have to look at where we're at time-wise. We just look at him and he takes us where he wants us to go. And he has said, and it has been declared and decreed and prophesied for years about the great outpouring that's coming. And the glory will be known throughout the earth. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will be known throughout the earth like the waters cover the sea. This is not a mystery, but it's a crazy mystery. But he gives us parts so that we feel like we get, okay, I get this. What is it hooked to? God says, I'll show you when it's time. Just get familiar with this. Get an understanding of how it functions. So you have characteristics in you and giftings in you. You have the word of truth from Genesis to Revelation. And as we learn it, and as we understand it, and as we practice it, we begin to say, oh, wait, that, that really fits in here really well. I was wondering what that hole was for. And we, we know how to rightly divide the word of God, to be ready in season and out. And all of this stuff sometimes gets overwhelming because we need to seek his face we need to be in his word we need to love him with all our heart we need to serve other people we need to to walk in our gifts and our call we need to visit the poor we need to pray for the sick we need to visit those in prison oh god i don't have that many days i don't have that many days how am i going to do all this and god said i'm going to ask you to make those works they don't make you who you are you do it because of who you are it goes back to one simple thing the more i seek him the more i find him the more i find him the more i love him the more i love him the more i seek him that is the basic relationship that god has planned for us he didn't say, 
he was looking back and forth for somebody that would finally do it right. He was, his eyes looked to and fro because he's looking for one whose heart is fully towards him. That's who he's looking for. And when I think about how f short I can fall in that desire, it's because I allow the things of the world to slowly creak in. And, and there's so many scriptures in the, in the word. You know, the word says, I remember what's found. I learned it a long time ago. I'm, I'm not real good with names and references. <laughs> and I'm pushing through that because God says I have the mind of Christ. So I can be good at it. I just have to put into practice what I want to do. But he says all things are permissible in Christ, but not all things are profitable. So it is for freedom that Christ set us free, not to be yoked anymore to the bondage of slavery. We are free in Christ. All things are permissible because we're free, but not all things are profitable. So you have to know what you want, and you have to know where you want to go and what you want to accomplish if you ever plan to meet your goal. So the goal that I have for me is to know him so intimately that when I am in a crowd of noise and confusion, whether it's a real crowd or just life in general all around me, I want to hear him clear enough that he only has to say it once. And I want to be able to walk down the street, hear him say, turn, and I will do it. Not that I would say, was that you, God? You want me to go there? Now? Well, what do you want me to do when I get there? Well, what do you mean by that? Okay, so I just need to understand so I do it right. That is the process of my mind that opens up opportunity for the enemy to bring confusion. Is it wrong to, hear God, to, to believe you hear God and to pursue that and say, God, is it really you? No. But there is something that, that happens. You know, when you, when you look at the story of Zedekiah? Zechariah, sorry. Zechariah. And he's in the temple. And God, an angel shows up and says, you're going to, your wife who is old and you're old and you don't have any kids and you can't have kids. And oh, well, so well. Nope, God made it. He has a plan for you. So I'm going to undo that. God's going to fix it. You're going to have a child. And you're going to call him John, and he's going to usher in the kingdom of God. Now, Zechariah, he's the high priest. I mean, he's the big dude. He said, but I'm old. How, how can this happen? My wife and I are old. And God judged that with making him mute so he can speak. And the first time he spoke was after the baby was born, and they said to him, what are you going to name him? And he said, Bloop. his name's going to be John. Mouth is opened. Now, you take that scenario, and you compare it to the other scenario. Mary, who is a virgin, promised to get married, not married yet, gets a visitation from an angel who says, blessed are you among all women. You are going to carry the Christ child. And she said, how can this be? I've never known a man. And she gets honor and favor. 
I remember reading this and thinking, I'm not sure I get this, God. They basically said the same thing. She got honored. He got in trouble. Is it because he's older and he should know better? She was young and is it because it would be a miracle? Well, no, they're both miracles. I don't understand it. And the Lord began to show me it's because God doesn't judge us by what we do. He judges our heart and the motive therein. I believe God knew his heart. There was doubt. There was like, yeah, right. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know his heart. I wasn't there. It doesn't matter anyway. You're here. I don't know your heart. So I don't have to see him to know his heart. I don't know his heart, but God knows his heart. God knows my heart. He knows your heart. And I think sometimes the enemy uses the fact that we don't always uh, accomplish what we think we need to accomplish, and then he hits us with it because we're lacking, we're slacking, we're um, not hearing, we're rebellious, we're whatever. And that's not the truth. The truth is sometimes I really don't know, but if I'm willing to do it and obey him, that's all that matters. I heard a lady give a testimony, and it really helped me in my understanding. She said that as she was being trained by the Lord, he wanted quick obedience, and he didn't want questioning. He just wanted her to trust him. She didn't have to understand. She didn't have to know all the details. She just had to do what he said. And she, was, she, called, she looks back at it and calls it her training time. At the time, she knew she was being trained by the Lord, but it was, like, it was a different perspective because she was on the other side of things. Our perspective changes as we see things differently, as we understand things differently. And the Lord said to her, I want you to get on a plane, and I want you to fly to this so-and-so airport. There's, once you go to the cafeteria, you're going to see a man. He's going to be whatever. I forget. What, I, don't, I can't do detail, and I don't need detail because I'm not going to be up here long. But anyways, the point is God told her who to look for and to give him this note. And the note said, this is your sign. And she didn't know what the note said because God told her he wasn't, she wasn't to open it. Okay? He, she, um, that doesn't make any sense. Now you can tell I haven't heard the story for a little bit. That did not make sense what I just said. Don't you like it when the speaker hears what they say at the same time you do? <laughs> they don't even get a chance to take it back. However it went, it didn't make sense to her. She just did what God told her to do. Okay? She didn't speak to him. She wasn't supposed to speak to him. She was supposed to just go over to this person lay it thing down and walk away and that's what she did and she said as she was walking away this she heard this huge shout because the guy had been told by God to go to that same airport because he was trying to decide do I go to this city that's calling for me or do I go to that city that's calling for me because he had openings of both where he was going to establish his office and uh, what got the ministry God had for him and he didn't know which one and so however it went the note clarified it. She said, this is what God told her. He told her husband, your wife will have her suitcase packed at all times because I'm going to send her on missions. And mostly they were just, she literally got off the plane, went to the cafeteria, dropped off the note, went to the, the next gate, and flew home. Now, I don't know about you guys, but my mind says, was that really necessary, God? Because in my mind, there's such an easier way to do that. But then it would not have been a miracle. Because if I was sitting because God said, go, do, and I went and did, and then I got the answer to everything that I needed to know, 
and it didn't make any sense because all I did was fly to an airport and sit at a cafeteria. But those kind of stories get the body of Christ pretty excited because that's an exciting testimony that God cares that much that he will personally send you an invitation. There's so many things about God that we don't get. And there was this, um, there's a man, he's written several books. I love, I love to hear him teach. I've learned so much from him. And I would tell you his name, but it's right out my brain right now. So I can't tell you that. But he wrote this book called um, The Three Battlegrounds. It's the battlegrounds of your mind. And uh, Francis, Francis Frangipan. I thought if I started talking, I might get it. Thank you. So, um, but he said... That one time he was so, just, he said, I was just letting the enemy beat me in the head. God said to do something. I'm thinking, I can't do that. Are you sure that's you, God? Maybe I heard you wrong. And, and he said he just kept thinking he was messing up. He was doing this, all this. I don't know. It's just so funny how God can say something and we can get it. And then it, later, it just sounds like the most ridiculous thing in the face of the earth. And how stupid am I to ever believe that? I don't know what that is, except I call it devil, because God wouldn't make you feel stupid for believing him. But sometimes we hear God, and we move. And then we feel stupid, because people go, what are you doing that for? Because God says so? Why would he tell you that? I don't know. I'm just trying to obey. I mean, we feel like we have sometimes to, to really know, okay, like the times you have said in your quiet time, God, if you could just call me on this one and just clearly tell me this is what you want. And God does things like that for people sometimes. He hasn't called me yet. But if he does, I will, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> but he does. He gives people signs when they really need them. And he said he was driving in this road to the place he was going to. He could not figure out why in the world God had called him to do that because he was not ready. He was not able and as he drove by and was talking to God about how he just needed to know, he said, God, I need a sign. And he looked up, and there was a, a restaurant, and I forget what the name was, but the letters were out, and it said, Francis can. He looked at that and went, wow. And God really did give him a sign. Does God do that for everybody? I think he would, because he's no respecter of persons. So I'm going on a bunny trump. Sorry, let me rip it back in. Okay, so there was a song. I, I worship. I'm a worshiper. I listen to music. I make my own music. I do what I do because it's who I am. And everybody does things their way. This is mine. Music. God uses songs of worship and praise and adoration to capture my heart. He said he's looking for worshipers and those that would worship him in spirit and truth. Now that sounds, I'm looking, I only have one hand. I guess that's why I should use that other mic. Um, there's a song that was out, and it says, I'm so sorry. What did it say? I can't remember the song. Show me the things that I think are important to you, that, aren't, that I think are important to you. There's things, there's things that we do because we think they're important to God. There's, there's places that we go because we think it, it's good. That's what God wants. But there's a lot of things that we don't do that are important to God and we don't know it. 
because we don't know his heart. There's so many things a church, when I say church, I'm not slamming anybody. I'm saying that there was a spirit of religion that has been welcomed in because people like order. And they like to look like they're in order. And when the enemy can convince somebody that order is more important than the presence of God, then, then you start getting rules and regulations of what God should and should not look like and how we should or should not act. Now, obviously, anything we say and do should always be to the glory of God. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying when we have, we get these mindsets because we hear them over and over that God expects this or we should do that. But there's some things that God doesn't care about that we think he does. And we spend so much time beating ourselves up trying to do them instead of pressing into God and saying, God, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to be like today? What do you want to do today through me? How do you want me to represent myself? If you read through the word, you can get the same guy. And one time he's crying, another time he's angry, another time he's saying, whoop, it's up to you because I told you and if you don't do it, ain't mine. Same guy. We all have emotions. We all have perspectives. We all get fed up. We all wonder. I mean, I just can hardly imagine Moses, after all he put up with, not being able to actually enter the promised land because he got mad at the people and hit the rock. God still honored it. He still gave them water. But oh my goodness, what a price. How many people would say, well, that was stupid. What was the big deal? So he hit it. He hit it the first time. Why, why is it a big deal? And that's the point I'm coming to because I said, God, why is this, what I'm saying right now, more prevalent in my life than you say in the word it should be? I don't understand. What am I missing? And he said to me, you compromise. When I say something to you, you do it, but you do it your way. Let me give an example. Lord, I'm having a really hard time getting in the word every day, and I need your word. I love your word, and I feel dumb that I even have to say this. What's, what is your plan for me? He said, do it before you do anything. That's simple, right? So... I got up, and I was in the Word. And I started journaling again. Now, this has started last year. And then you know what happened? I decided, I'm up. I had to go to the bathroom. You wash your hands. Might as well brush my teeth. I'll brush my hair. Put on my face stuff. You know, wash my face. Then I'll go read the Word. Did I change what the Word said? No. But I'm not doing what God said. Now, a lot of people would tell me, you're ding-dong. Who cares if you read the Bible before you wash your face or after you wash your face? Doesn't that sound logical? But when you're trying to obey God, then practicing doing it his way is what it's all about. And God isn't going to say, okay, you want to practice doing it my way? This is what I want you to do. I want you to pack your bag. I want you to go to the airport. And, you know, you can take your husband if he wants to come. I can't leave him out in the cold. And you don't have any tickets, but that's okay because I'm going to have somebody come up to you and they're just going to give you their ticket and say, here, this ticket takes you to this place that God told you to go to. Take it. Yeah, that's going to happen. It happens. Do I have the faith that's going to happen to me today? 
how can I know I real God was that really you? I mean, how do I pack? Is is what what's the weather like there? I mean, you know, your mind goes to all these silly things because that's our natural nature. That is our human nature. We want to do it our way. We got that nature from our ancestors back in the garden. They listened to the lie the enemy told them that said you can do have to do it God's way. You can do it your way. What is the big deal? And compromise, God was, has been showing me now for a while. Because unfortunately, apparently I'm really good at it. I must have practiced it a really long time. So it's not like just, oh, okay, let me just change that. No, I, I turn around and go, oh, that too? Oh, that too? I mean, Lord, give me a dream this morning. I know I have to write down my dream when I first get up, because if I do not, I will not remember it. And I laid there having a discussion with the Lord about why can't I just wait? I'm tired, and I know my alarm's probably going to go off soon anyway. And But if you just help me remember it, you help me remember other dreams, I'll just write it down after church. <sighs> Doesn't that make sense? And as I'm doing this, I hear the, myself having this conversation with the Lord of how I can wheel and deal and do what, he, do what he wants my way. And I said, and the Lord said, what are you teaching on this morning? And I said, oh, compromise. Oh, God, I can't even do it today, and I'm teaching on it. I am so sorry. And I got up, and as I was sliding myself up, because my stuff is right there at my nightstand, to get my Bible and my journal, my alarm went off. And I thought, oh, Lord, you didn't even wake me at 3 in the morning. You woke me when it was time to get up, and I still didn't trust you in it. This is how easy it is to miss the glory and presence of God because you get caught up in your thinking and in your way. And compromise, it's not a bad compromise. I didn't decide, okay, God, I since you promised to forgive me, I can just go out and rob Joe next door. It's not that kind of a compromise. I'm not compromising my marriage. I'm not compromising our finances. I'm not compromising somebody's reputation. I'm just willing and dealing with God so I can read the Bible when it's convenient for me. And this, the Lord is showing me, is one of the things that will hold back his presence to the degree our spirit cries out for because God is wanting us to cry out to him and be willing to obey him. Now, I have looked up more scriptures in the past week. I've got rows and rows and rows of them in my save to on my own text that I send to myself because I don't know how to make notes or do all those fancy things. I have a bunch of scriptures here. I have a paper. It's like the, it's back, backside, front side, starred crossed out. I'm like, I'm looking through the word because what am I trying to say, God? What is it? What is it? Because you say that you inhabit the praises of your people. You make a place for yourself where people are worshiping you. So if I want to be a carrier of the presence, I need to be have an attitude of worship and awe and not take lightly the word of God and mix it with my own understanding and my own will. I need to obey quickly. The Lord reminded me of 
No, my mind just went blank. It's all in my phone, but I would have to search through it to find it. First Samuel, I believe it's um, it's in First Samuel, maybe twenty, chapter twenty-two, seventeen. You don't believe how many twenty-twos I have on my list? Like everything is twenty-two. Um, but he says it, it's the story where Samuel, King Saul, went to battle, did not do what God said because God said kill everything. He decided, well, those sheep look pretty pretty. They're nice and perfect and white and lovely, and I, they would make a good sacrifice for God. He took the king, who was the ruler of that land, who was supposed to be killed in battle, brought him back alive. He broke God's commands. They were not to touch anything, and he brought back stuff. Now, he's waiting on Samuel, the prophet, who's going to make the sacrifices and worship God because they won the battle. But Samuel didn't show up as quickly as he thought. You ever feel like that? Well, God, you know, I waited for you, and you didn't show up, so I just went ahead and did what I wanted. Because I didn't know what else to do. Besides, Peter, Paul, and Mary are all giving me a hard time. You know, they're gonna, they said they're not going to hang around. They're actually going to leave if I don't do this. This is what he did. That was his excuse. He, was, he forgot that you can't compromise to a holy God. But Samuel, I only did it because they started to leave. I mean, we waited for you. You were late. I mean, you didn't show up. The people are getting discouraged. They're getting, like, antsy. and They're, they're leaving. I, I had to do something. He didn't obey God. But sometimes we, con we convince ourselves that what we want is really okay, even if it goes against what God has already told us. We want to be obedient. It is not profitable for me to do it my way, which is why I trust Jesus to lead me. I trust Holy Spirit to guide me. But how much do I trust him if I'm going to compromise over little things that don't matter? Why am I the one who's decided that? Do you see? It didn't go well for King Solomon. or Yeah, no. I said Solomon. I'm sorry. Call, uh, King Saul. It didn't go well for King Saul because God took the kingdom from him that day. That day, God is swift. We aren't always quick, but God can be swift. Although he is slow to anger and great in loving kindness, there is something, I guess it falls in that term suddenly. You might wait a long time, but then suddenly, it's like an oxymoron, it doesn't make sense, but all of a sudden it feels suddenly. Well, I'm sure that felt suddenly to him. Now, um, Balaam, he wanted to do it his own way wasn't for a donkey that liked to talk, he'd have been dead before he found out why. He wanted to do it his own way. He wanted what he would gain from it. It was to his benefit to not do what God said, but to do what he wanted. Now, um, I'm sorry. My mind just went blank. Abraham. God said, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice to me. And Abraham got up quickly the next morning and went on his journey. That is an obedient, faithful servant. He didn't argue. He didn't do it his way. He didn't try to compromise. And now we know Abraham as the father of our faith.
because it was appointed to him. It was given over the title faithful, the man of faith. That's before Jesus ever came, but he was known as a man of faith. Because he was willing to do it God's way, and he didn't delay, even though it was a very sober, serious thing. I can't hardly imagine. I can't hardly imagine he slept, but the Bible doesn't say he was up all night worried. I can hardly, even more than that, imagine being the child whose dad says, come here, I'm going to tie you up and lay you on the altar. There was such a confidence in the promise that God had made them. I think it's in Hebrews. It says that, that Abraham believed that even if his son had died, God would raise him back up again because he knew God had made him a promise and God would not fail that. There is something that we have got to grab a hold of if we truly want the glory of God to come. I had this little picture as I was praying yesterday about, you know, somebody comes to your house and they're so happy to see you and, and, and you're like, oh, come on in, come on in. This is so great. I was just thinking about you. I haven't seen you for a while. How you doing? Oh, here, sit down. Sit down. I'll get you a drink. And they go off. And you're just sitting there and you're waiting. They were so excited to see you. They were going to go get your drink. And you wait and you wait and you wait. They come back like a little bit later and go, oh, I'm so, I'm sorry. Here's your drink. I forgot. I got busy in the kitchen. We have somebody sitting on our couch that we really want to see. We're not going to do that. And yet we say, Holy Spirit, come. Father, come. Jesus, come. I need you to show me who you are. I want to know the heart of a father. I want to know the heart of a savior. I want to know the heart of the Holy Spirit. I want to understand you're different. I want to know you. I don't want to say, you know how moms and dads say, we well, yeah, have twins, but they don't ever have trouble keeping them separate. They know who's who because they're different. Even if I look at them and they look the same. But God is different than Jesus, and Jesus is different than Holy Spirit. They have different characteristics about them. They're, they have different, I mean, they have the same quality, they're the same one. This is why it's a mystery. And even saying this, I'm thinking, why am I trying? But they're not the same. One is a father's heart, one is Jesus, his son, and one is their Holy Spirit. But they're still one, they're different. Their personality is different. The way they are is different. When you read about Adonai and you read about the Lord of the harvest and you read about the Son, you read about Holy Spirit, they do things the same but different. The Father spoke the word is Jesus. He made, he made it happen by the power of their Holy Spirit. So interesting, isn't it? The Father spoke, let there be light. These words come out of his mouth. That's Jesus, because Jesus is the word made flesh that dwells among us. Not physically now, unfortunately, but definitely spiritually. And, um, and it was done because he is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so the fact that our God is like beyond our comprehension I can't even explain it to people because I, all you can do is kind of give an idea of sort of something like it. You know, it's like an egg. You have your shell, you have your yolk, and you have your white, three in one. You know, we come up with these things because we can't explain this awesome, incredible God. And yet we very seldom stop and worship him. The Bible says, if you want to enter 
the holy place, you've got to have clean hands and a pure heart. Come to the mountain of the Lord. Who can make it to the top? Those who have a clean hand and a pure heart. It's the pure of heart that are going to see God, according to Jesus, at the Beatitudes in Matthew. There are so many things that we can't grasp. And, and although we try to make it so that we can understand it because that helps us, sometimes I think it makes us feel more like he's familiar and he's more like us than, than we bring him down a little bit. And when somebody I don't really care a whole lot about or know very well, I might like them, but I don't know them. If they say to me something, I say, oh, that's a good idea, but I think I'll do it this way. There's nothing wrong with that. But when the holy God, who's called me to be separate and unto him only, and he says something, and I make him familiar to the place that I say, well, I like your idea, but let me do it this way. So I want to, I want to challenge all of you, because I think, and I could be wrong, it wouldn't be the first time. But I think that all of you have been somewhere in this whole thing that I've just said. Somewhere in there, you recognize you. And whatever that is. And if that's not, pos if that's not true, talk to me afterwards and tell me what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe I can learn something. We all struggle with the same things, even though they're different. But we all have the same desire. To see Jesus lifted up so he can draw all men to himself. We all have the same desire that the presence of God be in us so large that our shadow will heal the sick. We all are different, but we have the same desire. We want Jesus' name to be so prevalent here, that the Father is so comfortable here, that the Holy Spirit is so comfortable here. Not comfortable because we're, you know, taking him lightly, but comfortable because he knows he alone is enthroned. And we are here to love him and honor him. And that is why I felt like the Lord said to share what I did I have a whole lot of stuff. I didn't open anything. But I know, I know this. When I was a child, I did childish things. I spoke like a child. But as I've grown into a woman, I am learning to put away the childish things. And I want to be mature in the Lord. And Lord has showed me there's a lot of holes in my maturity. So if any of you are impressed with me, I hope this has killed that one. Because I'm not any different than anybody else. I just am like you. I want to know him. As much as I'm allowed to know him. And I want to see him as much as I'm allowed to see him. As often as I'm allowed to see him. And I want everything I say and everything I do to bring him glory and honor. And I know I fall short. And I'm not giving up because I know that he who began the good work in me is going to complete it before Jesus comes. And that's the truth for all of us. So I hope that this doesn't make you feel bad, that maybe it makes you feel better because now maybe you don't struggle like I do. <laughs> I hope that it challenges you because we want the glory and we don't want to find out that it bypassed us because we weren't ready to give up our petty things. And we don't even know we have them until God shows us. And the only reason he shows us is because we ask. So we still have to come to him. You know, the scripture says, um, resist the devil and he and flee, draw near to God. 
That's not really what it says. He said, draw near to God and resist the devil and he will flee. Sometimes we hear scriptures, we quote scriptures, I misquote scriptures. I think it says, as I read it again, you go, oh, I had that wrong. Oh, that's the next verse? Wow, that's a good one too. You know, there's, there's so much in the word, and the word helps to reveal God to us. It's a wonderful cycle. But what I was saying was, um, if we really want to have the enemy under our feet, we're drawing near to God. If we really want his presence, we're drawing near to God. If we want to know him more, we have to draw near to him. We have to do our part. He's not going to just say, here, you can have it by osmosis. Go to sleep with my Bible under your pillow. It's not how it works. And the reason is so perfect. It's because he wants a relationship with us. And I don't know how he does it, but I can get his undivided attention, even though you can have it at the very same time. <laughs> That's how good he is. So be encouraged. I have a, a song I want to close with. And um, so I'm just going to close in prayer now. And then uh, Rob's going to play that song. Um, it's, it's been a song I've been living on. And it, it, it's a lot of what I've been talking about. I don't, I don't ever want anything to change. I want to always want him more than anything. So, Father, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you're in each one of us. I thank you that when we gather, there's a corporate anointing that goes beyond what we can have alone, even though alone we have everything we need. You are an amazing God. I don't know how you do what you do, but I'm so glad you do it. I don't know how you can love someone like me, but you do. I don't know how I can ever get you to stop loving me, because I can't. And I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that everything you give me is perfect because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, from our Father of lights. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I just ask that you give everybody a, just a safe trip home, a great week, anything that you want to adjust in them that they might be missing. I ask that you'd reveal it so that they too can continue their journey the way that their heart longs to continue it. Give us ears to hear you. Give us eyes to see you. Give us an understanding heart so that we might serve you with all we are. How we love you, Father. How we love you, Jesus. How we love you, Holy Spirit. Be honored in us as we go through our week. In Jesus' name, amen.